There is no such thing as a past life, but what there is is a parallel life, meaning the essence of who you are, the, your soul self, your higher self is incarnating in many different dimensions, many different places in time, many different worlds, many different galaxies, but it's all happening simultaneously. And you have a connection, a telepathic and an energetic connection to all of your simultaneous incarnations. Hello, Karen. A warm welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Annika. I've been excited and looking forward to speaking with you. I'm excited too. I know you are a spiritual medium, a clairvoyant, and a channeler of sort of an ET, I gotta say, like uh, a being from the Andromedon, Andromedans. Is that yes, correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I call her a star being, but you could definitely mm. refer to her as a ET consciousness, but Yes, she she identifies herself as being from the Andromeda galaxy. So, and I'm excited to hear what she has or they have to share with us today. And I find it fascinating also that it seems like more and more channelers are actually channeling star beings, not just you know uh, angels or ange yeah angelic being or higher of all beings, but also these star beings or ETs. And I think maybe that has to do with the times we're in. It seems like we are grabbing the attention from all of the universe in this shift of consciousness. Is that also your impression? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So just to give you an idea of my path, I, I never really had a conscious interest in ETs or star beings, but I had this background in mediumship, so which happened very spontaneously. So, you know, I was more of a medium. And then all of a sudden, one day, this energy started coming through that I was aware was very different. And so it comes through in the same way that mediums experience communication from the spirit world. It's just that you're aware that, oh, this energy doesn't feel like spirit world energy. It feels has a cosmic feel to it. Right. So it was as much of a surprise for me as you know as it probably is for people now but it seems to me i'd agree with you that it seems to be getting more common that people are having these interactions with these extra dimensionals from other places in the galaxy yeah and i'd love to get to know your story a bit before we go into the channeling part to see how you ended up doing this today and i i want to mention something that was really uh peculiar like right before we went on the show I was standing there in front of the mirror, wondering about what to wear. And I put on this and then I thought was, she's going to wear the same. <laughs> she's going to wear the same. And I was like, well, then I'll just take it off. You know, I'll find another shirt. And then you come on and you say, I was going to wear the same. Yes. I was, I was going to wear that exact shirt. I pretty much have the same shirt. And at the very last minute, I was like, oh, maybe I should change because I felt like, oh, I'm supposed to be wearing bright colors, right? Just for the energy. So I'm like, okay, I'll change. But it was funny because it's the first thing I noticed when we got on is like, I was going to wear that and we would have been twinsies and that would have been cute. But anyway. <laughs> I know. And, and just for the fun of it, what do you think happened there? Did I send you that info? Did you send me that info? Because in my mind, I saw the two Two of us having the same shirt yeah yeah so i think you know it's really interesting because i think in terms of mediumship and in terms of this communication in terms of channeling that's a telepathic communication but i think we're all telepathic and so to me what happened there is that we had a telepathic connection before we hopped on which is very common even in day-to-day -day life if you're going out to see a friend or if you have plans you know whoever you're going to interact with you actually start connecting with that person energetically before you even 
you know, come face to face. So I think that was a bit of a telepathic and maybe it was meant to be because we're supposed to talk about telepathy and our energetic and mind to mind communication today. Not sure. That was super cool. All right. So tell us, how did you get into this spiritual uh, craziness? <laughs> yes, it is crazy. It's totally crazy. And it's a bit of a crazy story because I, as I said, I didn't have any, I wouldn't say that I had any conscious intention to become a clairvoyant or become a channeler or any of those things. What happened was in my mid twenties, I was a makeup artist. And so I was working very closely with people, you know, doing their makeup and um, quite spontaneously, I started having this, what I now know are psychic experiences or empath experiences where I would know things about them that I shouldn't know, or that I was aware of their emotions, even though they weren't, you know, communicating through their language or their body language, what they were actually feeling. So, so that's how it started. And, you know, it got me interested in, you know, psychic development, basically. And so I, um, I also had a couple of strange experiences where people told me that I was psychic, I had one man come up to me at church and just out of the blue, say, you know, I can tell you're really psychic because of your eyes. Or he said something about about my eyes, and he 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 had this message that he needed to tell me. And then a girl at work also mentioned it. She's like, "How do you know these things about these people when they're not telling you about it?" So, long story short, I started having these experiences. It got me interested in development. You know, I started taking classes, and then the way I started giving readings was just as a trial, and more so for myself. I put an ad out on Kijiji. There was a, you know, like a classifieds at the time, free psychic readings. I didn't really give my name. It was just more of a free readings over the phone just to see what would happen. And from the very first reading I gave, there was accuracy and there are things that I shouldn't know that came through. And so that proved to me that there was something there. So that was about 2006, 2007. And so I slowly kept studying, you know, kept practicing. And then eventually at some point in time, the mediumship started coming in. So I would be out places, yoga, um, yoga class, church. I was at a music rehearsal once, all different places where I started to be aware of people's loved ones and spirit around them. And so that's how the, the mediumship then came in very spontaneously as well. And so I was lucky enough to find a spiritualist church at that time. Um, And for anyone who doesn't know, spiritualism is um, a spiritual philosophy where they incorporate mediumship and mediums into their belief system. So I was lucky to find a spiritualist church and to start studying mediumship and also to start serving the church as a medium. Um, yeah, so that was probably around 2017, 2018. And then uh, Sarai, who is the star being I channel, showed up around that time as well, but not, I wasn't aware of who she was at first. I was meditating, started meditating every day, which is one thing I recommend to everyone is that you have a daily meditation practice. So I started this daily meditation practice and I became aware of just what I felt was just a blue light beside me. And I was aware that this blue light, every time it was there, I felt these elevated emotional states, bliss, and I felt loved. And so I would always look forward to when this blue light was beside me in meditation. Over a period of months, I became aware that this blue light was actually a being. And she started communicating. And I started first doing more of automatic writing, like just writing down what I was getting from her. And then that turned into actual vocal channeling, probably about 
five years later, you know, which was just early last year, early 2023, is that she started coming through vocally. So that's the crazy story. <laughs> that's how it all unfolded. All right. Well, it seems like, uh, or, or was there some difficulties coming out as a channeler? Because it seems like you were very confident in this and this was a very smooth process. Or was it like, oh my goodness, I'm channeling? <laughs> um, I think when it got to this point in terms of channeling, I think by that time I was pretty comfortable with it. But I do remember when I first started having mediumistic experiences, which, um, you know, the first time I would have had a mediumistic experience would have been like 2014, 2015, around that time. And I remember coming home to my husband and, and sharing my experience and being like, oh, I don't want to tell anyone like, to, I don't want to tell anyone this. And he asked me why. And I said, well, people might think I'm crazy. And he looked at, he gave me kind of a funny look. And he said, well, Karen, people already think you're a little out there, a little crazy. So, you know, there's nothing to lose here. So I think for me, being part of a community, like being part of a community where we share a belief in the afterlife, the spirit world really helped. So by the time I started channeling, you know, it wasn't really that far off <laughs> in terms of the belief system that I was already a part of. Um, I will say though, that for me personally, in terms of like announcing that Sarai was a star being and not just, you know, a spirit guide or something like that, I was a little bit uncomfortable at first. That's something I had to come to terms with in my, in my own being, I guess. But, um, you know, I also felt like, well, I have to just share my truth about it. And this is what I'm experiencing. And, and this is what she feels like to me is like a, an extra dimensional and extraterrestrial, you know, so and then I found out it's really not that weird. There's a lot of people actually channeling different star beings from different uh, star races. Yeah, I, I think it helps that there are so many channelers out there. Uh, so other people are daring to come out uh, with their mystical experiences. And I've had so many meetings with people where they're saying, you know, I also uh, see things, but I don't dare to talk about it. But I can say it to you. So the more people who are talking about it, I think also more people are coming forward. And um I'm curious about if you reflected about why you are channeling, uh, her name was Sarai, I, I think it was, like, why did she uh, specifically come to you? Do you think, or have she said anything about that there's a connection, a pre-birth connection here? Because it could have been anyone who came in through this blue light. So I'm, I'm curious about your connection. Does that mean that you are also a star being? Uh, I'm also cu curious about, you know, your perspective on a star being, what that actually is. Uh, but let's talk about your connection. Like, why did she come to you? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And I have to be honest, it's when I'm still trying to figure out completely. And I'm really excited because next month I have, I'm not sure if you're familiar with QHHT, which is Dolores Cannon's um, oh. hypnotherapy mm -hmm. um, practice. And so I have a couple of QHHT sessions with different hypnotherapy practitioners where I'm really hoping to get a deeper um, connection and really go into a deeper altered state and really get some some answers. But to answer your question, what I've gathered so far is I feel, first of all, there are a lot of what we would call star seeds on the planet right now, which are souls that have these connections already to these other realms and other worlds. And so what I feel at this point in time is that my higher self is actually a part of this collective. So we have uh, like a pre-incarnational agreement that I would be the one incarnating and that at, when the time is right, we reconnect and then we 
in some ways we already share the same energy. So it's easier for me to get those downloads or to channel because I'm just connecting almost to an aspect of myself in some ways, right? If my higher self is a part of that collective that Sarai speaks for. But I'm hoping to get more answers on that when I go into a deeper state with a QHHT therapist. But that's that's my perspective from this point in time. Have she said anything about like what density she's from or like, I, I know, for instance, that, um, you know, the law one, the raw uh, beings, they are from six density. So they're mm -hmm. sort of saying that we're this evolved and you are that level. Have she said like how evolved they are and a bit more about who they are in general? Um, it's funny that you asked that because I've always been asking that recently to get more clarity on that, like just in the last couple of days or so. And so my sense is that what she's told me is that in terms of the collective, there's actually the collective is not just one dimension or one density. There's actually different dimensions and de densities that they're a part of. And so it's almost like the reason for that is that so they can... It's something to do with communication between them and us. So if they're a collective of all different dimensions and densities, it's almost like they can connect with us a little bit easier being on that lower lower dimension or lower density level. So what she's told me is that there are beings in this collective that are between six and 12th dimension, the six and 12th dimension. And then in terms of density, um, you know, I haven't got complete clarity on that, but it's somewhere between five and six hmm. density. Right. right. So, yeah. And um, this is probably a, a topic that I uh, that I find a bit difficult to bring up sometimes. But I sometimes see some comments uh, on my interviews, or even get emails with some people who are frustrated because they want proof, like they really want proof. And sometimes I've been asking channelers, you know, questions like Darwin's theory is that true? Did we come from the apes? And uh, some of my audience are questioning, well, the, the answer is not specific enough. And where is the proof? Like, can you give some more solid proof? <laughs> like, what are your thoughts? Or, or perhaps maybe we can ask her later on. But what are your thoughts on that? And how would you answer to those who uh, coming from your perspective in that role who really yearns for those uh, real solid evidence mm -hmm. yes definitely well i would say i mean when it comes to truth sarai is really when she comes through and even as part of her teaching there's a a, a huge emphasis <clears throat> there's a excuse me there's a huge emphasis on this notion of tuning into your own personal resonance and your own feeling of resonance or dissonance so that you can discern for yourself what feels like truth to you. But it's not, uh, she emphasizes that it's not a mental process as much as it is an intuitive process. So you're tuning in and you're feeling for yourself like what feels true, right? And so um, if you're speaking more about human evolution, I'm not sure if that was more your question or not in terms of how we evolved, but I would say as a blanket kind of statement or blanket guidance, it's like if you're wanting to discern the truth about this or anything, the wisest thing for you to do is tune into your own intuition, your own um, somatic sensation, your own clairsentience and decide, does this feel true to me? Because the reason for that is it's because we're fed a lot of falsehood, right? We're fed a lot of falsehood through the media that is very, you know, intellectual and, and very mind-based and not all of it is true. And so one of the teachings she brings through that she says is so important to embody, especially within the next 
the coming years, the next five years or so, is that you really learn to discern within your own system what feels resonant and what feels dissonant to you, what feels like truth, what feels like falsehood. And that's with anything. That's with this. That's with the media. That's with anything you see or anything anyone tells you, is that you learn the skill of tuning in to see if it feels like truth to you. But again, it's just, it's not a mental thing as much as it is an intuitive thing, right? Feeling into with your energy body, does this feel like truth to me? I think that many years ago, I decided not to engage too much in that question uh, because I see it in the same way as you are seeing it, that uh, you have to feel inside if this resonates or not. But in a way, we end up having two camps. Uh, and it is that camp who are thinking more through the mental mind and wants the proof. And they won't get that proof if they're not sort of opening up to another perspective and another way of feeling into things and anchoring themselves within doing the inner work. So it's kind of like a paradox. And I've interviewed uh, many people who have talked about these spiritual paradoxes. So it seems like there are two camps who sort of are not coming together. And maybe, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be that when the, the student is ready, ready, the teacher will come. So it's not up to us who's doing this work to convince anybody. I would definitely agree with that. I and one of the another point that Sarai often brings through is just this teaching of learning how to disconnect from what she calls your mental construct, which essentially is your mind, but she uses that terminology mental construct. So learning how to disconnect and back up from it so that you enter this observer or this witness consciousness. And then from there, you're just watching everything that's going on within your mind, you know, it, from a neutral standpoint. And from and that's the point, that's the place you want to be where you engage discernment. You know, does this feel true? Does this not feel true? Because if you're in, if you're in the mental construct, if you're attached to your mind or identified with your mind and trying to figure things out from that place, usually you're in that place of, needing proof or wanting to prove yourself for, right? Because that's the ego, egoic energy that you're in that vibrational state. Whereas if you back up and then you take this standpoint of the observer, you elevate yourself more into your higher self where you're neutral. And that's the point where you can really start to discern intuitively what feels resonant, what feels like truth to you, but you can't really do it if you're centered in your mind. And that's the catch 22 of it, right? Because most people who want proof are very much attached, uh, you know, in their mind, and very much like coming at their everything from that place. So right, and trusting, you know, trusting yeah. what's on the outside that is told them, instead of trusting on the inside, what you're feeling. So it feels like there's a lack of self trust, actually. Yes, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, you want to, you know, a spiritual path partly is about really getting to know yourself and who am I really? And, you know, how do I discern what's in alignment for me? What feels resonant? What feels dissonant to me? So, and that is really, you know, I think part of the issue with that is that we need solitude. We need solitude to make those connections. And so few of us actually have solitude or are comfortable with solitude these days, but you really need to have this quiet space where there's no distractions. And the reality is our world is full of noise and distractions and busyness, right? It's, it's rare that you get that solitude unless you're intentionally creating that for yourself day to day. Well, that's why we had COVID.
Yes, <laughs> totally right. The pause. <laughs> it was more divine than anyone realizes. The pause, I the great pause. Oh, so. I think so. Yeah. All right. I think maybe we're ready to do some channeling. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. So how okay. will that how will that work? Okay. So um, so I do go into an altered state when I channel. It, to me, what it always feels like is that. Um, I'm stepping off to my right, I'm stepping off to the side, and then Sarai comes in on my left-hand side. My consciousness is still there, so I can hear everything that's happening, but when I come out of it, it's almost like waking up from a dream. So I don't always, I'll remember for a short time, and then it, poof, it's all gone. I don't really remember, which is always good. You know, recording things uh, is good, because then I know what was said. So it just takes me a moment or two to shift into that altered state, and yeah, then she'll start talking. So, um, yeah, I'm ready yeah. when you are. Yes, feel free to make yourself ready. Okay. We've been looking forward to this interaction and we appreciate your participation with this interaction. And we know that you have questions for us on this day and we appreciate those questions. However, just for a moment or two, we have a topic that we wish to bring to your awareness, which is the topic of integration, integration. And what we mean by integration is the integration of the higher self, the soul self, the emanation of source that you are, and the human construct, the mental construct, and the physiology, the body, the mind body. So there's this integration that is taking place between you the soul of who you are, the essence of who you are, the authentic self, and the human aspect of who you are. And what's true is that you are in this age where this integration is becoming more apparent. But with that integration comes a degree of chaos, both individually and collectively. And so what we first wish for you to know is that if you are experiencing chaos on any level, Within, within your personal life or you're looking out and you're seeing the chaos in the collective. We want you to know that that chaos is not an accident. There is purpose to it. And chaos is a prelude to your transformation. And the transformation that is taking place, again, is this integration. With this integration, what's happening on the energetic level is there, a sh is, there is a shifting of frequencies, if you will. And the shifting of frequencies is taking place both individually and collectively and in terms of your actual planet, Mother Earth, in terms of this sentient being, there is a shifting of frequencies. And so as this shift takes place, what happens is that the old frequencies that everything in your world was based upon start to crumble everything starts to fall away that is not of the higher frequency. And that's the chaos that we speak of. The other aspect to this unfoldment is that there are forces within your realm that are wanting to delay or avoid change, if you will, because this would mean that they have to surrender control and they are not comfortable with that. And so you have this push-pull of the higher frequencies coming in, that higher light coming in and seeking to transform mixed with or blended with this lower frequency energy that is seeking to maintain control or stop change. And that is the period or the phase of evolution that you are in at this current moment in time. 
Now, what's true is that many of you listening, many of you finding this, who find this content interesting, are what we would call star seeds, which is uh, a description or a term for beings from other realms, other worlds, other planes of existence, which have already been through these types of evolutionary processes and which already hold and have stabilized that higher frequency. And so there are beings coming in, incarnating, seeking to help by bringing that energy, their, the energy of their home world with them into this reality and seeking to stabilize that higher frequency in service to the whole. So that is a, a brief summary of what is unfolding on your planet at this time. And it also explains the reason for this increase in starseed beings incarnating on your planet, but also these various ways of connecting with different star races that are off planet, telepathically, psychically, what have you. And so let us take your questions and see if we can't make even more sense of this particular topic. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here and being open to my questions. So that was a lovely message. And along those lines, I am curious, uh, first and foremost, about who you are and if you have been going through the same process of ev evolution on the Andromedas, uh, that we are going through now and sort of if you could say something about how long this will take i mean we're we're having wars we're having so many horrible things happening and from one perspective it seems impossible that we are uh, shifting consciousness and raising our frequencies when we are watching the news and i know that from one perspective that is one reality that you can sort of choose to I don't know, believe in or or live in, and we could also choose to live in another reality. But the part of me feels that is still going on, even though I would like to step into another reality. So uh, to some of the question, if you could tell us a little bit about if you have been going through this before yourself on your planet uh, and how that, that that went so sort of to hear if you have any more advice on how to uh, handle this we'd be happy to speak to that but first we wish to address this notion of watching the news and we would suggest that you not <laughs> watch the news or not take in certain media broadcasts that lower your frequency what's true is that if you are watching the news or any media even if it's alternative media and you sense this lowering of your frequency this lowering of your vibration then what's true is that unfortunately your focus is on the old reality and you are in a way anchoring that through your focus upon it. And we're not saying don't have your head, we're not saying have your head in the sand and ignore things that are happening. We are just saying to pay attention to the ratio of where you place your attention. So for example, if, the, if you were placing 70% of your attention on the old reality and 30% on the new reality, then what's true is that you are more engaged with the old reality. So our first recommendation would be pay attention to the ratios where you are placing your attention and seek to place more attention on the new reality. 
What's true is that the new reality is vibrational at this time. It hasn't solidified or anchored itself truly within this physical plane. And so it is more difficult to place your attention on something that is more ethereal or etheric, right? And so we understand the difficulty. But if you're going to engage in those broadcasts, those news broadcasts or media broadcasts, or anything that you feel when you tune in and when you're watching it, you feel that sense of dissonance, we would say, well, place a limit on how much of your attention you're willing to give to those broadcasts, because the way you are of service in the way that you intended to be when you incarnated is by placing your attention on the new reality, right? And so that would be the first thing we would say to you. The second thing we would say in terms of our particular collective and our unfoldment and our evolution is that you really can't compare our evolution to yours in the sense that we do not hold physicality. We are what we would describe as light beings, and there is not even a planet that we are affiliated with. So in that sense of the word, there is no real comparison between our collective and yours right are in terms of comparison you could compare your spiritual self or your higher self that aspect of who you are which is the true part of who you are would be more conducive to comparing to our beingness in terms of our our collective being more light beings however it doesn't we don't have to have gone through the evolution in order to assist you at this time number one. And number two is that there are many different beings from many different civilizations that have been through similar circumstances to what you have been through, and they are interacting with you at this time as well. It's as if all of the beings that have access to you are collecting all around you at this time to be of service to you in different ways. And so we are being in service to you by beaming a higher frequency in your direction through various channels and in various ways. So we're beaming this vibration to you and also through the words that are spoken through Karen and other mediums, other channels that help you see things differently, that shift your perspective. The, the one thing that is holding your reality in sort of this lower frequency state, the main contributing factor to that is your mental construct, your mind, the way that you perceive yourself, the way you perceive the world, the way that you perceive, quote unquote, others. These perceptions, these old beliefs are outdated and they need to be upgraded in order to be in alignment with this higher frequency. And so that is how we are being of assistance is by helping you to see a different way of perceiving yourselves, of perceiving reality. One that is more in alignment with source energy and one that is on this higher frequency bandwidth, if you will. And let us just give you an example of that. One of the most dominant individual false beliefs on your planet at this time has to do with worthiness. Whether the belief is I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or I'm not deserving or I'm not lovable. All of those mental constructs, those false beliefs are active in your mind, in your mental body, right? And what's true is that those thought forms are not true. They are not in harmony. They are not in alignment with your higher perspective. And so we come along and we offer a different perspective. What if you are lovable? What if you are a work of art? What if you are an emanation of source energy? What if all of this not good enough 
be these belief systems? What if all of that is just nonsense, right? And so by shifting the way that you think about yourself, you shift your vibration, you shift your energy. And as each individual does that, the collective begins to rise right? And that is how these energetic shifts are made. It happens on an individual level through the shifting of your perception. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. And I'm going to jump over to another question. I would love for you, if you can, to share how the reincarnation cycle actually works. And is the reincarnation cycle only relevant to earth beings or are sort of you part of that as well so in a way you are us in the future because there's so many things i don't understand about reincarnation how we speak about there there is no such thing as time in another way we are in a shift of consciousness right now <laughs> and in another way we are evolving but in one sense all lives are happening right now so, of course, from my limited perspective, I cannot understand it, I realize, but it would be nice to understand it a little bit more, at least. <laughs> so the first thing that we need to say about that is that certain words in your vocabulary offer a bit of a limited perspective. And that's okay, because these are the words you have, and these are the words you use, but the very term reincarnation is a bit of a misnomer because it implies that there's this linear cycle of incarnation, right? And you touched on that. It's like I live a life and then I reincarnate into the next life. And even in your therapies, your quote unquote past life therapies, this is the perspective. And this is the perspective from your human mind that sees things in a linear fashion. However, from the perspective of the soul, all of your incarnations, all of your lifetimes are happening at once. And the evolution that you think of as this linear evolution from A to B is really more of an expansion. If you envision a sphere expanding, there's this expansion that happens all at once. So it's very difficult for your, your human mind to wrap itself around this concept that there is no such thing as a past life, but what there is is a parallel life, meaning the essence of who you are, the, your soul self, your higher self is incarnating in many different dimensions, many different places in time, many different worlds, many different galaxies, but it's all happening simultaneously. And you have a connection, a telepathic and an energetic connection to all of your simultaneous incarnations. You also have an energetic connection to yourself. And let us explain that a little bit. So every, you think of yourself as incarnating, and then you're, you're one, you're two, you're three, you're all these different ages up into this present moment in time. All of those parallel aspects of you exist on another dimension or another plane of reality. In other words, your eight-year-old self is still very much existing on another, in another plane of reality, another dimension of reality, and you have a connection to that being. So in the same way that you experience or perceive a connection with your guides, your guardians in other dimensions of reality, you also have a connection with all these different quote unquote past aspects of yourself. And the good news about that is these aspects of yourself can be healed when you realize that they exist in present moment time and you can connect with them energetically. 
So this is a lot to wrap your mind around, but we've explained this in the past in terms of connecting with your parallel child. So we don't call it connecting or healing the inner child. We call it connecting with the parallel child, connecting with the aspect of you that is eight in another dimension or 10 or 12 or whatever. And then through this energetic exchange, through the offering of what that being needs at that time, then you shift the energy and you quote unquote shift the past right? It is the same with all of your simultaneous incarnations. There are all these aspects of you incarnating, different planes of existence, different points in time, different planets, and you have a connection to these. You could think of them as other beings, although they are aspects of yourself. So you have this connection and you can assist each other in your evolution through this connection. Again, this is hard to perceive. You really have to sit down and, and ask yourself, does this feel resonant? Does this feel like truth? But what's true is that whatever aspect of yourself that is in, in need of healing at any point of, in time, or whatever you need in this particular moment in time that another aspect of you has to offer you, you can sit quietly and connect with those other aspects in order to all evolve together. This is what we mean by your evolution being more of like a sphere that is expanding. You and all of your other incarnations are expanding together simultaneously. It's not a linear A to B situation. To answer your question too, in terms of how we and how other star beings fit into this, well, yes, part of your simultaneous incarnations are to other places in your galaxy and other galaxies, right? And so again, just as Karen is the ambassador for Sarai, who's the ambassador for this Andromedan collective, there are these energetic links and these contracts that are made uh, in terms of connecting with each other in order to fulfill a certain purpose or to, to meet a need um, at certain points in what you perceive as time. Does that answer your question? Or have we just confused you? No, it does make sense. Uh, but the funny thought is, if my soul, my higher self, and maybe Karen's higher self are splitting itself into all these parts, I'm thinking, okay, how many parts am I splitting myself into? And am I basically splitting myself into uh, unlimited amounts of parts, which uh, encompasses everything and then we are everything and we are one so we just end up coming to that same place with that we're one like i am you and you are me <laughs> yes you come back to that point right it is a it is kind of like a a full circle moment where you begin there's this uh, perceived individuation and then you come back to the that point in time when you realize oh everything is just an expression of one consciousness and we agree with that and that is the truth however there is this fragmentation that occurs from source energy into what we would call the oversoul into all of these incarnations ultimately if you were to trace it all back it's all the same it's it's one consciousness it's one mind incarnating or fragmenting fragmenting itself in order to understand itself right so you do come back to that full circle moment where you realize the ultimate truth of the universe which is all is one Right. And speaking of time, I've interviewed a couple of channelers who are saying that now in 2024 and 2025, there are going to be such huge changes and that even 
it's going to be common knowledge in a few years that ETs are for real, even though who really, really do not believe in that in life and other planets. What are your perspectives on that? We have shared before, even within the last few weeks, that we feel that in your experience of the years, 2027 will be a big year for what you term as dis disclosure or the unfoldment or the release of these interactions with um, beings from other planets. And so that is true. And, and in terms of shifting uh, the trajectory or shifting a frequency, that will aid you in shifting a frequency in, let's say, more of a, uh, a rapid way or a rapid unfoldment. There'll be a, a stronger trajectory after that takes place. So from our perspective, again, we are just looking at your energetic trajectory. We feel that the year, the end of 2026 leading into 2027 will be a big year for what you term as disclosure. Mm. And some are saying we're we're moving into the golden age. Like, how fast will that golden age come? Are are we talking about like a thousands, a thousand years, or is it a hundred years, or is it like in ten years? Well, first understand that as we tune into your question, we can feel the aspect of your mental construct that is just wanting everything to be sped up and happen now. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm living. <laughs> and that's because you're on the earth plane, experiencing the chaos and experiencing the, the difficulty with the shift, right? So we would say, uh, we will get to your question, but one thing we would say first is that the more you just be, become comfortable with the fact that chaos is a prelude to transformation and that it, this is all part of, this, the, of the plan, and that you are guided, guarded, and protected. The more that you can welcome that into your mind, your mental construct, the, the, the less you will have this inherent need for things to be sped up, so to speak. <laughs> now, what's also true is that the more you are comfortable with any given situation, the more you move into your desired reality, right? Because what's true is that the more you resist something, the more you tend to stay in that vibration. And so the more you're comfortable with, okay, this is what's unfolding. This is all part of the plan. This is, again, an emanation of the one consciousness. Maybe I don't always know why it ha has to happen this way, but I know that, that this is what's happening. And so I'm just going to flow with it. The more you step into that, the easier that your life will become. For you and for others, a lot of what makes things difficult is not the actual circumstances, but your resistance to the circumstances. So that's what we would say first. We would also point out to you that time, your perception of time is speeding up. Things are changing. Things are changing faster. And with this um, event that we just spoke of in terms of disclosure, that will speed things along quite even faster still, so to speak. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Now, in terms of this transition, um, we're gonna. We we. The reason we said all that first is that. Sorry for bad news, but this is a transition that will take place over a few thousand years. We would say, but also keep in mind that there is no end to evolution. So it isn't like oh, we are shifting into this state and then and then there we are. It's not a college degree. I get the degree and there I am. It's that that the universe is constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly moving. Everything is shifting. And that's the nature of the universe. And so 
the more you can be comfortable with that, the less you will be looking for an end point. We feel that for you and for others listening, um, when you catch yourself in that mental construct of needing an end point, that's the an aspect of your mental construct that is avoiding something that is unfolding right now. And ironically, the key to <laughs> getting where you want to be is to come into a place of acceptance of what is unfolding right now. Um, the, I think one of the last questions I would like to ask is, what is the most important question we can ask ourselves at this time? Who am I? All right. Who am I? And notice that when you ask that question, we're doing this intentionally. Let there be a pause. So you want to ask the question. You don't want to answer that question with your mental construct. You want to ask the question and feel for the answer. Detach from your mind and just enter this precious, powerful, present moment and let silence answer that question, not your mental construct. Mm. We'd say the most important message and the most important task at hand is actually to ask that question, who am I? And then as you feel for the answer, you're also going to start walking the path of recognizing who you are not. And both are equally important. When you recognize who you are not, you also embody more fully who you are. And we'll just give you a hint to make it perhaps a little bit easier. You are not your mental construct. You are not your mind. You are not your programming. You're not your conditioning. That you aren't any of those things. So you want to start to recognize when you get pulled in to the hypnotism of the mental construct. And when we say hypnotism, we're not, we're not using that word in a negative way. It's just that we're using that word because it pulls you in. The most powerful contribution that you can make to the collective and to humanity at this time is through the recognition of who you are and the recognition that you are not this mental construct. This is not who you are. That who you are truly is an emanation of source energy. You are light embodied. You are a soul. And so then the path becomes, how do I align with, connect with, and start to emanate that energy through me and as me. That is what, what your planet needs most at this time. So we'll leave you with that message. Thank you so much. That was really beautiful. Uh, I think there was a lot of wisdom there. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how it feels to channel, but it seems like the words are coming very quickly. That is yeah, it's um, it's funny because the, when the words come, like I, I can feel myself off to the side and I don't know what the word is going to be that comes out of my mouth next. So it's kind of like I can feel myself talking, but I don't know what is happening right now. So it's an yeah. interesting sensation. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, do you remember anything of what came through now? And do you do you have any comments yes. on it? Yeah, so I can, um, I can, I can almost always remember for the few moments after. Again, it's like waking up from a dream where you're like, "Oh, I just dreamt that," and then you lose it later in the day. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, what comes through often and repeatedly is this notion of being aware of our minds mm -hmm. and being aware of what our programming is, what our mm -hmm. I get what she calls our mental constructs, which is you know, our, our beliefs, our ideas, our perspectives, our habitual thought forms, and then just starting this process of sifting through that. And is that really in alignment with my higher self, my higher frequency self? Or is that something that I was just fed at some point that I've believed, right? And so uh, that our, our minds really do determine a large part of our overall energetic frequency, I feel. Mm -hmm. So when you start to shift the vibration of the mind by either meditating and becoming the observer where you're not thinking any thoughts or by starting to purposefully and intentionally you know bring in these higher vibrational beliefs and and perspectives um then your whole your whole energetic field shifts right and i feel like that is what we really need in terms of shifting the collective because right now we're all in we're in this lower vibration of separation everything is separate i'm an individual i'm over here there's no recognition that what i do affects you and you know like our shirt today like there was an mm. interconnection there right that it's like you're on the other side of the world and and we had this experience this this really cool interconnection and so we're shifting into a time when when I think our interconnection will be more apparent and it'll be more important for us to recognize, not only recognize it, but also make decisions, you know, take actions that are in alignment with that rather than this perception of separation. Oh yeah. And I think it's fun to play with uh, sometimes. I can have thoughts that just drop down into my mind that are nasty. I'm like, where did that come from? And then I can laugh and I'm like, I'm not going to buy into that thought. <laughs> Yeah, but I can decide if I'm conscious enough not to identify with it. Mm -hmm. And that is practice because sometimes I'm in my default and I think that, oh, you know, the negative thoughts are just there and I'm not aware of them. And then I feel uh, less energetic and then I can play with it and like have positive thoughts in my mind and I can feel how that changes. And I think, if, you know, if people could take one thing from this, it would be making that connection between what you're thinking and how you're feeling from moment to moment, right? Because, you know, if you, if you can make that connection, then what's true is that if you catch yourself not feeling the way that you, you know, ideally want to, then you can do something to shift your state, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, even in terms of, uh, you know, there are different activities that we can do that uh, that just kind of snap us out of whatever we're thinking. If you just go for a walk or go for a run or do something creative or, you know, whatever it is for you individually, and then you you snap yourself out of that habitual thought pattern and all of a sudden you feel better. And it, But you're right, Annika, it is such a practice because it's something you have to like really start to notice moment to moment, mm -hmm. day to day, and then mm -hmm. notice what shifts you out of it for sure. Oh yeah, and there are so many tools we have and yes. it's whatever works for us. Mm -hmm. I got curious about one thing. Has it helped you having this communication uh, with Saraya? Like, does it does she help you in your life or do you sometimes like connect and tune in and like, again, okay, answer to this question about myself? <laughs> yes, I definitely do. Yeah, it's helped so much in more ways than I can really describe. I mean, one example is that I've been, you know, kind of going through some of my old videos from about a year ago at this time. And I came across one um, that I had made and I was just looking at myself on video and I had this realization that, wow, I've changed so much, you know, in the last year. So a year ago, she was not coming through vocally yet. She, it started in about February of last year. So um, I was actually surprised at just the energetic shift. But the main shift, again, for me has been 
again, recognizing when those old mental constructs are active and starting to disconnect with them, disconnect from them, you can't always reprogram them right away, but you can start to disconnect with them and recognize, oh, that's maybe that's not really a true thought, or at least it's not one that I want to keep going in my mind, right? So that's made the best, the biggest difference, but it's actually, I feel like shifted energetically to the point where I can see and sense the shift in myself. And then, yeah, I do meditate every morning. And if I'm struggling with something, I do, I do just go into an altered state as best as I can. And, and, um, you know, I have my phone and I'll just kind of transcribe whatever comes through. So it's helped me greatly to interact with her because mm -hmm. she has this higher perspective and she can see um, often when I'm in my mind and I don't realize that I'm in my mind, like thinking something that maybe, oh, maybe that's not the best way to think about things. And she'll draw that to my attention. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even see, <laughs> I didn't even see that I was doing that because it's hard to see our own patterns, right? Kind of having like an angel by your side helping. Yeah. You. Nice. Yeah. I think we all have that. Um, so this has been uh, such a joy talking with you today. And I have three questions that I ask all my guests. And the first one is, what is self-love to you? What is self-love? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is just this recognition that um, at the deepest level, we are love, right? And so it's just like that recognition that I'm not only, um, it's not only that I, I need to love myself, it's just that I need to recognize that in the, at the core of my being, I am love, and then just starting to emanate that out, right? And so I think, again, going back to this idea that we're we tend to be full of these false beliefs and these habitual thought forms that aren't true. I think one aspect to self-love is recognizing when you're in those thought patterns that are critical or blaming or, um, you know, whatever those negative patterns are and just starting to eradicate that, right? Because often we, the way that we think about ourselves or talk to ourselves on a, you know, in terms of our inner talk are so much worse than we would ever, like we would never do that to our best friend, <laughs> someone we love, and yet we get in those patterns. So yeah, so first of all, recognizing I am love, and then second of all, eradicating those um, false beliefs, those critical um, tapes that run in our consciousness. Hmm. And what is happiness to you? Happiness to me is is connecting with, again, with a part of myself that is happiness, right? So I think on the spiritual path, what I've learned is that when you're, when you're really connected with your higher self or your authentic self, that self is, you could describe it as happiness, you could describe it as bliss, you know, sat chitananda in Sanskrit, truth, consciousness and bliss. So, so that is your true nature, right? When you remove everything that you are not, that is what's left, mm. happiness. And what is the deeper meaning of life from your perspective? The deeper meaning of life to me is exploration, right? In terms of, I'm just, I'm a spiritual being. We're all spiritual beings and we're here on this beautiful gift of life. And we're here to explore and play and have the experience. You know, Sarai talks a lot about in terms of the purpose of life. The purpose of life is experience, expression, and evolution. Those three things linked together. For me, there's an emphasis on the middle one, that experience, right? Because I feel like we're just here to explore and experience and enjoy uh, the experience of being human. Wonderful. And how can people find you, uh, Karen, if they want to connect with you after watching or listening this to For this? For sure. So um, my website is intuitivekb, 
for Karen Bell, intuitivekb.com. And if you search for Intuitive Karen Bell on YouTube, that's another way to find me. And all my social media links are on my website. So you can find all those links there. I am also, I have a Patreon community as well. Um, that's Patreon slash intuitive underscore KB. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming to the show today. Thank you, Yannicka. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. I love the shirts thing. That was the best. Me too. I love it. <laughs> Yeah.